Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Good morning! Let's go. Covering the sports and teams you care about all through your morning. Ramon Foster. They were just super toxic. Kayla Anderson. Thanks for joining the morning coffee crew. And Will Bowling. I was the size of one goldfish cracker when I was in high school. Ramon, Kayla, and Will. Brewed by Ethan Rose. On 104.5 The Zone. Kane is in the building. Hour number two starts right now. Ramon, Kayla, and Will brewed by 8th and Roast RKW with locations on 8th Avenue, Charlotte, the airport, and the Broadview at Vanderbilt. 8th and Roast Coffee cultivates community by the cup. You can find your favorite retail bag in every local Kroger and Whole Foods as well. We are on board the Sunflower Express this morning. That is the blend of coffee that is fueling. Ramon, Kayla, and Will, at least the Kayla and Will part in yeah. Nashville, because Ramon Foster is in Indianapolis. This has got yeah. notes of syrupy cocoa, cherry, and toasted almond. This is an espresso blend. Mm-mm. So we are wide awake, caffeinated, and opinionated here in the beautiful Music City. If you ever want to know the effectiveness of the coffee we're drinking, listen to my 6 o'clock update <laughs> and then listen to my 7 o'clock update. And the difference is tangible. And that's, that's all I'm going to say. Proven winner, eighth and roast. Hey, oh, I'm saying. Kayla, we just had one of your former homies here, Bo Bishop, man. Come You're on camera. Kidding. You were Yeah, and you were looking down at the screen the entire time. There he Why is right there, Kayla. Shit, Bo! There, hey, there, yep, there he is. Yep, see, Kayla? That's my guy. Over there scrolling and everything, man. She couldn't even see. Doing uh, work here. So that just happened. And also, you speaking of the coffee, man, I had an old, well, I had a mature person moment this morning. Oh. I sat outside the hotel barista and waited for it to open up, y'all. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. The fact that I feel like I have to have coffee to get going. But it wasn't eighth and rose. Um, I, I doctored it up good enough, okay, just so you know. I feel like I'm a part of the gang here. Um, but I waited outside a coffee shop for it to open up, just just, just so impressive. you know. I'm in, a different, I'm in a different phase of my life right now when I'm doing that type of stuff. Proud of you. Yeah, that Thank is you. impressive. I appreciate you guys. What would you ask Brian Callahan or Rand Carthon in Indy at the NFL Combine today? Me, personally, um it would be it, I, I would ask a hard one today. We're getting close and it's getting more serious. How how far how how long till you guys start competing? Mm. That's where I'm at. Um as a team, uh as an organization. I think that's probably the bigger question to ask because if you sit back and look at the roster and the breakdown of positions and the needs that you have and the guys from the old era um, what happens mostly when coaches come in? They're fine they find their guys. They look for dudes that's going to fit their system. And if we're talking about O-line, we know what that looks like. We talk about the D-line needing probably another D-tackle. You don't have a, you have some youth uh, guys, youthful guys in the room, but how many guys have actually played? Let's look at the D-ends also. How did, how did we feel about Rashad Weaver last year, the production that he got? 
you know, like Gibson last year. How do we feel about that? The off-ball linebackers conversation, the safety, the corners. Like, I think we, we all, before football season, I'm not trying to play a wet blanket here or Debbie Downer, but when you look at all the things that this team needs, that would be one of the questions. And I know you want to be competitive and, and, and have everything laid out in front of you, but the idea that you're going to win the Super Bowl next year, I would just ask the question, how close are you as far as being aggressive in free agency and drafting right? Are you to competing? That's a big question for me. Yeah, and that's fair, right? I mean, that's a big question for Titans fans out there. I, I think things can be switched around fairly quickly, but it, it also can take some time. And it just depends on if you're doing it the right way um, and your way. And that's kind of where I would I would ask my question, guys, is this is the first time that Rand Carthon and Brian Callahan together have been at a major event like this. Because obviously if they did not attend the Senior Bowl because they were focused on putting the staff together. So this is a big thing for them, not only evaluating players that could possibly be possibly be on their roster next year because they draft them, but building those connections together, right? And we talk about all the time how business is done down here. I think this is a really important time for these two to connect together um, with some of the things that are going on. So I think my question would be to them, guys, what's the biggest thing you want to get out of this combine week as a pair, right? As a, a people that want to collaborate or wherever words that you want to use, um, what do you want to get out of this week for your organization? So that's the question I would ask. What do we think the DNA of a Titans receiver is? What kind of receiver does Brian Callahan want for his offense? I would probably say interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Where you can move and have multiple styles, like move your Z out, move your y, move your X. Like that's where I'm at with them. If you look at Jamar Chase, he plays outside, plays inside. Same thing with T. Higgins. T. Higgins plays inside and outside too. A guy that's position flexible is what I'd almost expect out of receivers that they're looking at. Can attack the ball. All those guys can. I know T. Higgins had his drops and stuff like that from from Tyler Board to Jamar Chase to T. Higgins. Each one of those guys can move in different positions on the field and be very flexible. I also think that he is not afraid to look for somebody who has more of that speed factor, right? Um, That's something that Holtz specifically pointed out, like I've mentioned before in the show, in his presser. Those were one of the characteristics of what they're looking for in this offense. So I feel like that's something that has been missing from this Titans team. I think that that's something in some capacity they need to add to this Titans roster at that wide receiver position. But, yeah, I think it's definitely a thing where you're going to have to have a guy and guys on this roster because you got to build depth that are versatile as well and can do different things. Mike in Nashville, next up on the phone line, 615-737-1045. What's up, Mike? How you guys doing? Great. Good. Good. Hey, um, so if I had the opportunity to ask Moran and Callahan a question, it would be how much of the video, um, how much of the tape have you watched from last year? Was our offensive line um, deficiency done because of coaching? Was it done because of just uh, player talent? Um, and if, if that is answered by coaching, I feel like that can get corrected and fix really quick quickly. If it's done by lack of personnel, then um, then you kind of know another another avenue to go with. And same thing with the secondary. 
was it because we weren't, you know, what does he see, I guess, can kind of give us some answers. Thank you, Mike. Great question. Appreciate the call. like it. I think it's a good question. How much do you self-scout and think these are players we can make work and what we want to do now, and these are guys that maybe worked in the previous system but won't now? I think Aaron Brewer is a guy that could fit into that discussion. When you watch the tape on starters from last season who you've got to make roster decisions on, who comes back and who doesn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Even a guy like NWI, right? We're talking about wide receivers. Does NWI really fit what this offense will be? I think that's a, a decent question as well. Yeah. I, I do wonder if the, the type of player will change. Again, like you said, it seems like there has to also be a balance of, you know, value playing guys too. Like Brewer's a gr- great value player as far as like undrafted, putting them on the field and stuff like that. Wasn't super expensive. Um, but, but Mike, that question that you asked, though, is very serious, though, because guys can be coached to more years. I've seen that happen before where dudes were undrafted or either low-round guys or either in a crossroad with, um, with, with their careers and get coached better and they do better. And sometimes you're just not good enough. I do wonder how they will answer that question if it comes up on, hey, we just weren't good when it comes down to how they played as opposed to saying they weren't coached well. Most times they're probably going to tell you we just weren't good. They don't usually crap on other coaches like that. Before we get to Ben Arthur of Fox Sports on the other side, yes or no, is it possible to end court storming in college basketball this year? This year? No. No, not even close. And and it's for this reason right here. How can you actually stop them? I mean, you can give warnings. They warn balls not to run on the field, right? The, the, the court storming to me is part of the culture of college sports. And maybe I'm old man yelling at the sky when it comes down to that type of stuff, but <laughs> it, it's, it's weird energy to me with this type of stuff. It and, is. And you still got to get opinions from around the entire, you know, college football landscape. Because right now, it, there's obviously a few chiming in. I think this is something that will possibly have stipulations to next year, but I don't think anything will change this year. Maybe more security. <laughs> Jay Billis was saying yesterday you should detain every student who rushes the court. Oh. Every person who rushes the court. Wowzer. Good luck with that. Said you should detain and cite, like, like, cite them oh. before they get off the court. You should give them all a citation and detain them until they're all given a citation. Then you let them leave. Okay. <laughs> I think he was what saying that the that barricade of the exit that would deter people. He's right. not saying you should do no, that. No, no, but, of course right. not. He's but saying, that would stop the court storming. He said, "Don't let them okay. leave and give them all citations." Would it be like a pay citation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Good luck with that because I had no money in college. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, that's. I, I. I just don't know how you can do that. You can say that. I. I know stores have security out there in stores, and people still steal from them. So we'll see how that works <laughs> when it comes down to court storm. Coming up next, Ben Arthur of Fox Sports had a great piece, a one-on-one interview on FoxSports.com with Rand Carthon, and an exclusive sit-down within that conversation with Tennessee Titans president and CEO Burke Nihill as well. Some interesting things that Ben was able to glean from the relationship between Rand and people in that building. And the one thing that stuck out when Rand Carthon interviewed for the GM job that I think is particularly interesting as well. Ben Arthur runs through all of that and more next. 
Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Ramon, Kayla, and Will is proved by Aetheros on 104.5 The Zone RKW with Ramon Foster and Kayla Anderson. I'm Will Bowling. FoxSports.com is where you can read Ben Arthur covering the AFC South and doing a great job. He also has a great piece up now about getting to know Rand Carthon and why the Titans turn the franchise over to Rand Carthon after just one year as general manager. First of all, Ben, welcome and great work on this piece. I really enjoyed reading it. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's always good when I get the chance to talk to you guys. Well, Ben, first and foremost, what do you feel like you learned about the Titans general manager? There's a ton of good stuff in here. There's quotes from Burke Nihill. There's quotes from Rand. When you look at the entire story, what stands out to you? Yeah, I I think the biggest thing is, like, Rand, I think really through talking to Rand, you you really get a sense for, like, that forward-thinking approach that, like, Amy Adams-Strunk has like been so big on uh, really since firing John Robinson in December, 2022. And, and you think about her quote, like just in announcing the promotion for Rand to executive vice president, talking about how, you know, this is quote, like not my father's NFL and, you know, the, the league being more multi, more multifaceted now and, and combining like analytics, sports science, technology with football operation. I think, just in talking to Rand, you, you learn that he's all those things that Amy has been talking about. And, and, and look, like Rand is, you know, a big football guy, football nut. I mean, he obviously played in the NFL for a little bit. But just really seeing this other side of him to, to really understand, like, why the Titans have fallen in love with him, just from him just seeking mentorship from so many different facets and spaces um, across industry in this country that has really just informed how he's moved, how he's looked at leadership, uh, how he's looked at, you know, building relationships, informed how he even deals with some of the personnel stuff uh, and free agent signings and, and, you know, all all that, this, that, and the third. Um, I think that's kind of the, the biggest thing I learned is that he's, he's really the embodiment. Like I think we've, like I said, like we've heard Amy kind of like talk about this in these statements, but like just really talking, talking to him and also getting some insight from, uh, from Burke Nihil as well. You, you really get a feel that he's, uh, 
um, kind of like that forward, the, the embodiment of that like forward thinking leader that um, kind of Amy has wanted. Ben Arthur of Fox Sports, our guest. And Ben, you wrote about this as Rand Carthon in his interview as general manager uh, brought up the personnel executives he's worked with and that everyone in this process brought up experience from college, their coaching influences. But Rand Carthon referenced those guys who work in real estate development, private equity and technology. It feels like that's interesting that Rand and, and Burke Nihil specifically have this emphasis on making the Titans feel like a Silicon Valley Google, right? Yeah. Like company. Like, did you kind of get that vibe talking to them? Uh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying, right? Like with Amy saying, like, this is not my father's NFL. Like there's definitely the the whole like model of what, like football operations like used to be right like just all ball all the time like um you know staying in the office all hours of the day like sleeping in your office and uh just like completely looking at like the football operation is just football but i think uh over the last year and a half plus we we've really seen amy's like footprint really start to take hold in just the direction that they want to head in and more analytically driven and, you know, like the sports and science and technology stuff, like having those influence as well. And just really in hiring Brian Callahan too, right? Like he's the complete opposite of uh, Mike Frabel just in terms of uh, just how he views offense and, and predicating uh, like team building around the passing attack and and and, and the receivers and uh, just really a whole different like philosophy to, to building like like greatness in, in the football team as opposed to maybe what the Titans have traditionally been known for and and again I, I think uh, Ran is a representative of that but but also yeah like Brian Callahan as well and just this whole direction that they're heading in and, and obviously ran hiring, making like the first, what this first analytics, um, like the director of research. And I can't remember her exact title, Sarah Bailey, mm-hmm. uh, making that hire pretty soon after he was hired. Just, it, it's, it's just, it's a very strong philosophy shift. And uh, I, I think that, that that really came across just in talking to Rand because that is who he is. Right. But, but now that he is kind of, the guy with total football power, uh, this is very clearly the, the direction that they're headed in. Ben, when you have that conversation with Ram, man, it was super fascinating in talking with him that you're, you're getting somebody that's savvy in the um, on the business side, as you just said. But I have to ask you also, because what matters is what happens on the field. You get a strong yeah. sense of football, too, in that conversation, don't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and – I kind of alluded to it kind of in the beginning of this story as well, like how he's looking at building that relationship with Brian Callahan and his staff. Like, you know, obviously you need the, uh, whether it's the, the talent or the physical attributes that Callahan or Denard Wilson or, or just whoever on the, uh, whoever's on the coaching staff, like getting the right talent with the right physical attributes for them, but also, finding the right players who are going to mesh with uh, like the systems that the coaches want to put in place. Like he, he talked about uh, getting to a point with 
Kyle Shanahan to knowing not only like, okay, this is like the player for you just from a football standpoint, but, but it, are you going to like him, right? Like, is he going to play to the standard that you want? Is he going to interpret information how you want? Uh, and, and that kind of, when we talk about like Rand's more savvy approach to like leadership and whatnot, but that, that has really, that, that lends itself into uh, kind of getting the right personnel for Brian Callahan because it's not just just from a football standpoint like exactly what Brian Callahan wants, but he also needs to understand what the the, the kind of like the the mental approach, the the mindset of, of the players he's bringing in, that and and making sure that those guys align with the way you know Brian Callahan wants this football team to look, and so that comes across. Um, as well, and and so so there are a lot of examples like that that came in my conversation, and uh, just in terms of like how he looks at like kind of building relationships with the players more specifically too. Like something Burke told me, and and this didn't make it into the story, but like there were a lot of examples this season where this past season where maybe a, a player was frustrated you know, coming off the practice field or, or whatever happens. Uh, and, and you know, Rand would kind of take that player off to the side, you know, you know, have his arm around his shoulder and just kind of telling that player, you know, whoever it was, like what they needed to hear based on uh, just their personality and, and kind of the kind of information and, and uh, like how it said, like how, how they, uh, the kind of information that they best, uh, respond to in the way it's delivered, I mean. And so, um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's something Rand said. I mean, he knows at the end of the day, this is a, a results, results business and, and bringing in the right talent. And, um, uh, but I think just for this story, I think it was important to really understand holistically who Rand is, especially because like, you know, that Mike Frable shadow is kind of gone, right? Like he's, Ran is running this ship now, and so I think really understanding, you know, why he is the way he is and how that informs everything he does was kind of an important insight uh, to bring to the table. Also, when you look, when you had that conversation with Ran, does does he understand from a football perspective where they are and what's next for this team? Also. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? I said as far as having that conversation with Rand, does he understand where this team is and what he's up against as far as rebuilding this squad also? Yeah, I mean, he definitely – I mean, we didn't have a ton of you know, direct conversation about that. I mean, we talked about just uh, like the elevated pressure of, of, of his role, so to speak, right? Like adding executive vice president to the role, like having the oversight of Callahan and – um, you know, final say over the 53 and, and, and what that means and, and really how he's not really looking at the job you know, any, any differently, right? He's still kind of approaching the job the same, but there's definitely an elevated sense of pressure and, and responsibility, right? Like, uh, like he's only, like he was hired in January of, of last year. It's been, only 13 months and, and it's like now he's like the the figurehead of like what this new era of the titans is going to look like and there's a lot of pressure that comes with that right there's you know what are 
what's the leap that his his rookie class from last year is going to take? Like, who is he going to draft uh, like this year uh, to to come in and be instant impact rookies? Like, with all this cap space they have, right? Being fourth in the league in cap space, I, I think seventy eight million plus um, under the the twenty twenty four salary cap. Like the tremendous opportunity that there is in that, but also the pressure in making the right moves and, and uh, you know, the, the right, the right guys for this team and the, the development of, of Will Levis and, and all these things. Um, I definitely get the sense that he, uh, he understands the, the gravity of, of the moment and, and this situation and um, that, that he's up for the task. And, and, and I think just with Brian Callahan, when, you know, we hear them talk about like, how they're on the same uh, wavelength, they truly are like, you know, Rand has talked about like how, like talking to, to Callie, it's like he, he's looking at a mirror of, of himself. And so them together um, almost kind of embracing this pressure and, and, you know, Callahan, in Callahan's case in particular, uh, you know, coming after a, a coach, despite uh, the issues Mike Rabel had in the end, but was ultimately very successful uh, in this city and, and for this franchise and, and, you know, coming in with no play calling experience and, and, you know, being a younger guy. And, you know, I, I think all these things kind of play a factor into this pressure that kind of, I know they feel, but, but also that uh, there's a sense that they, 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 they want to make this thing right. Um, and that they're, that they feel that, that they're up to the task. Ben Arthur covering the AFC South for Fox Sports. Ben, so clearly we've got a, you know, newcomer in a GM and a newcomer in a head coach. And I think there's a lot of people out there that may have a little bit of worry that this is first time kind of stuff, right? What gives you from this conversation uh, just that, like, assurance that Rand Carthon is going to be able to handle all of this if there is something that comes their way, right? If there is things along the way that pop up, and we know it's the league, it, it always happens. What do you think he draws from his experience the most? Like, was that his time at the 49ers where he can really say, I will be able to handle this? Yeah, I think it's a combination of a lot of things, Kayla. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, the, the time with the 49ers is definitely a big one. I, I mentioned in the story how one of, like, the, the front office people on the business side, uh, what, Parag Marathe, I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, uh, how he's played a big influence on him, but, but obviously Lynch and, and, and Shanahan and kind of seeing how they worked through issues that they had and, and shortcomings and, you know, like failing on Trey Lance right but also finding a guy like Brock Purdy who like if it wasn't for Brock Purdy I mean I don't know where like the the 49ers leadership their football leadership as is would be if they didn't find Brock Purdy right like so so it's things like that seeing how those two have built their relationship in San Francisco to create this mega successful NFC contending team year in and year out uh, Rand is definitely drawn on uh, those experiences. Um, he's been around Les Need, who's you know the GM of the Rams. They they, they have a Super Bowl um, as well. And um, like like I don't get the sense like, like again kind of to my previous point, I don't get the 
sense that Rand is like shying away um, from this moment at all, and and he knows the hard, um, the just kind of all, all the difficulties that that come with this, right? Like the criticism, the um, you know people not really understanding like what's going on or, or what you're doing, and and uh, I, I just sense that he. He's not he's not afraid of of kind of like stepping into this and and I, I think something he did say uh, m- more football specific like in terms of personnel stuff like like he talked about like just kind of the the tough conversations that have to be had with whether it's like we're gonna release you or uh, you know like we're not maybe gonna be able to pay you what you think you're worth or. Yeah, just these specific conversations with players and and just Rand telling me, like, just him knowing that, like, in these conversations with players, like, they can never tell him that Rand, that, that he lied to them, right? Like, he's always going to be truthful about the situation or, or the reality of the situation that he's working with and, and proceed um, as necessary. So, like, if, if a guy, you know, eventually leaves or, or gets cut or whatever, um, and maybe he hates Rand. That said, player maybe hates Rand. And but but from Rand's perspective, like you'll you'll never like be able to tell you'll never you'll never you're, you'll never be able to say that I lied to you. And that's really important to Rand. And that goes back to the whole relationship thing too. But um, so so I think all those things, Kayla, are are like examples and, and kind of like how he's um, you know trying to look uh, at this kind of new elevated role, like with the Titans. Ben Arthur of Fox Sports covering the AFC South has been our guest. Check out his piece on FoxSports.com in a exclusive conversation with Rand Carthon and Burke Nihill. Ben, we appreciate it as always. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Ben. All right, there's Ben Arthur with us this morning as we continue coverage where Ramon is in Indy at the NFL Combine. We'll have him set the scene for us there in Indianapolis. Take a look at a trio of SEC hoops contests tonight where... One ranked team is an underdog on the road to the SEC tonight. We'll talk about it next. Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen. RKW is brewed by Ethan Roast on 104.5 The Zone, Ramon, Kayla, and Will. And coming up in 15 minutes, we'll take a look at the prospects ESPN's Matt Miller says have first-round grades. Says he gives his first 2024 class grades out. 
handed out 20 first-round grades in 2023. He's got 16 players with first-round grades in 2024. We'll go through that coming up here at 15 minutes. 615-737-1045 is our number. Men's College Hoops tonight, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Kentucky at Mississippi State. It's interesting to me, guys, that Kentucky can score 270 points against Alabama over the weekend (laughs) and then go on the road to Starkville and be an underdog. Mississippi State is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite to beat the 16th-ranked Wildcats. I did not know that. that. Is that because of, uh, I mean, they play play a slower game? They play more defense? Because Mississippi State just playing on the road. It's just on the road in the SEC. I think that's all it is. Dang. I mean, Duke was an underdog going to Wake Forest, as we talked about the storm. I mean, the court storming and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that That's fascinating. That's the case for a team like Kentucky, who's been fire hot as of late. And this is what I want to see from Kentucky, honestly, you guys. I, I want to see, okay, is it just something where they're going to have these big-time games where we're all sucked back in, or is it something where now they're going on the road, it's a tough environment in Stark Vegas, and they actually prove, like, we're consistent. We can be this team that we're supposed to be. I always like these kind of games where you're coming off high scoring and getting all that praise. Now how do you respond? Like, do you take care of business when you really need to take care of business? So I'm looking forward to seeing how they respond. Tennessee ranked number four in the most recent AP poll. The Vols have been ranked for 55 consecutive weeks in the AP poll. That shatters the previous program record of 37 weeks. That is also the third longest active streak in the nation, where Tennessee has been ranked nonstop since the start of the 2021 and 2022 season. Do we think Tennessee with a 2-0 and week this week could move themselves up to the number one seed line? Can they move up? Yeah, that's a possibility, but of course I think the Vols are going through the same situation that uh, Kentucky is somewhat going through too. Being able to stay at the top of the hill after a, a revenge game they had against A&M. I like the idea that the Vols can, of course. Each team this time of the year is going to drop a game. Ron Slay has conditioned me to be a guy that understands, hey look, Basketball is a weird sport. I think football is weird, and Savage tells me all the time basketball is a weird sport when you come down to discussing wins and losses because a lot of time it may be matchup. And, of course, I'm not fluent with what Mississippi State Bulldogs have going on in Starksville, but what I will say this, for them to be an underdog type of team, uh, Kentucky that is going down there, that tells me the story that I think Ron will tell. They, it, 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 may, it may be a matchup situation that has Kentucky losing this upcoming uh, game. Yeah, I I think Tennessee has a chance, guys. I mean, first of all, anything can happen in college basketball, especially these last few weeks. You look at who they are facing down the stretch. I mean, you've got Auburn, you got Alabama, you got South Carolina. Look, Tennessee's RPI is up there, and Tennessee has played one of the more difficult schedules. I feel if they finish strong, even if they get, you know, two of those wins, uh, they could very well be in the mix. It's right on the line for me, but there's not a non-possibility of them possibly being a number one seed, depending on what happens around them. According to Joe Lenardi, there is a wide gap as of late last week between the one seeds and the two seeds. So it's going to take quite a bit for Tennessee, I think, to move up to the number one seed line. He wrote yesterday on his... Tuesday update or Monday afternoon update going into Tuesday's games 
that Purdue, UConn, and Houston are in a virtual tie for the number one overall seed at this point. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. So yeah. he's got the first four out as A&M, Villanova, Utah, and Colorado. So Texas A&M now falls out of the field after their loss over the weekend to Tennessee. And the last four in as Seton Hall, Virginia, Providence, which is former Tennessee assistant Kim English, uh, the head coach now of the Friars, and Gonzaga as the last team in. Can I be honest about something? Look, I... Zags been a great team, made the tournament year after year after year. I'm not going to lie, guys. I don't think they really deserve this year to be in the tournament. Now, if they win the WCC, that's an automatic big for them. But because it's gone Zag, I think he still like has them on, you know, the final four in. I don't really feel like they're deserving of it. And and I'm somebody who, you know, roots for the Zags. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Should be interesting to uh, to see if they can steal a bit. I guess A and M fans will be uh, cheering for everyone else, maybe in the West Coast Conference. That mm-hmm. way, they don't steal a bit. And, mm-hmm. and Will, you said it was a. Uh, I got to correct you on something. You said it was a beating. Um, Tennessee beat A and M on. Um, I did say that. Yes. No, it was more like a power bomb. It was more like <laughs> oh a, a beat down. It was what? Like more, it was more like sending them to the pit of misery. Will okay, you you hit us in the face first. Okay, we will run you over with a bulldozer. That's what happened. Okay, tell the story correctly. Okay, you being fair too, enough. You, uh, thank you, thank you. Okay, at least you owned up to it. Call fair it enough. what it was. Okay. Uh, the rest of SEC hoops tonight, it is Georgia at LSU, 6 o'clock on the SEC Network. Vandy at Arkansas, a battle of a 2-12 and SEC team and a 5-9 and SEC team at Bud Walton Arena. Tickets as low as $5, ESPN.com tells me. Man, Ooh. you take a $20, you take a 20 piece in there, you can get you a hot dog. You can take too. the 5 bucks AT&T. AT&T gives you, and you can buy a ticket to Vandy, Arkansas. But AT&T is out sure. That's innovation that excites, is what that is. 615-737-1045. Coming up in Hour 3, Austin Price, in just over 20 minutes, will detail Tennessee's fight with the NCAA and how the injunction hearing and the injunction that was granted to the state of Tennessee changes the NCAA's investigation into Tennessee football. But when we come back, there are 16 players, according to ESPN's Matt Miller, who have first-round grades. How many of them are wide receivers? We'll talk about it next. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. and Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 